And then, um, yeah, if you want to know anything about visas or staying longer term in Chiang Mai, let me know too. I can help out with that. Uh, and yeah, in general, I just help people with anything you want to know about Chiang Mai. So, okay, over to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Shane. Okay, Peter. Okay, all right. Uh, soon you might be able to get the name right. <laughs> Would you come and introduce Greg, please? Cool. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Warwick. <laughs> um, so, just to continue the story a little bit, um, I'm sort of loud and everything like this. This, this guy's a quite achiever. To, to me, Greg is the real digital nomad. I'm not a digital nomad at all. I like going once a year to somewhere and then coming back. But Greg is always travelling. And to me, he really symbolises because he's earning money and then he uses that to travel and he uses that to educate himself. He uses that to get better equipment. He uses that to give back to the community. He uses that to um, really raise the game. And I would suggest getting on his newsletter. I get his newsletter, it's always interesting. Uh, the last one was where he lost his drone. That was, that was, <laughs> that uh. one. <laughs> oh no, it was a tragedy, losing the drone. But in fact, that's what interests me right from the start because the first presentation that Greg gave at the Nomad Coffee Club in the, old, in the, in the city there was about aerial photography. I thought, what a cool way to earn money. And I thought, yeah, I'm in. And, and he was the first one ever to use a drone and he, he sold his 4K, um, very high resolution um, uh, drone footage yeah. and he even got into some spaces that he wasn't even supposed to film and he learned about that later, you know. <laughs> but he's got a great story and I really um, know you're going to enjoy him and would you please give him a big, big round of applause. Originally from South Africa and Canada and with us today in Chiang Mai, Greg Hunt, come on. Thanks for that awesome intro, Peter, and uh, thanks Matthew and Shane for the opportunity to, to share some knowledge with you about building a business as a videographer. So, uh, yeah, just what are you going to get today? Hopefully, I can inspire you, uh, give you some tips if you're creating content, whether it's audio or video. Uh, I also want to cover the business side because you know sometimes people. Um, you know, they can do good video, um, but they don't focus a lot on the marketing and, and some of the good stuff that you, you get exposed to in Chiang Mai. And I'm also going to cover some of the tools, the gear, the platforms that I use. And uh, I've been doing this, I left my job in 2011, um, 2019, so it's been a while. So. <laughs> Yeah, so just, just some highlights. I, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, had a 13-year career there, and then, you know, I, I reached a period where, you know, I just, I wasn't happy. I was earning good money. I had, uh, I had a car, a place. Um, over there, that, that photo is actually my downtown apartment in Vancouver. I sold that in 2011. I decided to do my masters after you know reading books like Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, uh, you know some self-discovery books. And after I finished my masters, I did a business plan about a travel luxury tour company in Vancouver. And to fund it, I sold that apartment for about four hundred thousand dollars Canadian in 2011. Probably worth about double now. 
So in hindsight, I probably should have just kept it. But I mean, back then, I mean, things like Airbnb, uh, Grab, Uber, like, you know, just, just the apps and the technology we have today, it wasn't quite there. So, I mean, you know, I didn't have that hindsight. And then I took a trip to Taiwan in 2011. I had a good Taiwanese friend and uh, said, hey, Greg, um, I want you to be one of my best men for Taipei. And uh, I'd never been, you know, to Asia as an, as an adult. And I said, okay, I'm in, right? I mean, uh, my best buddy, Alan, he's, he's just one of those friends that's, you know, just a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it was a great time. Really eye-opener for me coming to Taiwan, seeing Hong Kong, Shanghai. And back then, I had a Canon SLR 7D. Used that from, uh, you know, that first round of funding from my apartment. And I didn't even have a microphone uh, or a shotgun. And I filmed the travel travel log series. So, you know, it's just, I look back at that and I'm thinking, man, all that video and the sound was crap. You know, a month, month of filming. So, I mean, one tip to raise the production value of your video is improve the audio. So you can do that with shotgun microphone. You can use a live mic like I'm wearing now. Um, but yeah, I mean, good video, especially if you're doing vlogs or courses, it's not just about video, it's about lighting, it's about audio and the video. And then, um, yeah, after 2011, I was, I was fiddling on with YouTube. It was the early days. There was no, um, a lot of role models or people to follow. So I was just posting videos on YouTube, you know, it was just like going in a black hole. I had, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Rob here introduced me to online teaching later on um, but yeah I just I was lost and I was just posting videos and um, eventually I ran out of money I had to go back to corporate in 2013 for a year as a business team lead and I hated it like you know going to those meetings and people bickering about you know just you know, corporate stuff and you know HR and I, I was I was the one taking the minutes solving all the problems and I hated it. So I, I, I always wanted to go to Australia, um, but it was just, yeah, doors were just closed at the time. So I ended up doing a working holiday in Taiwan, which is, if you're 35 or under, it's a great way to basically just stay in a country. And it's sort of one of those gray areas where local businesses don't know what it is. They don't recognize it, but it gives you permission to stay uh, in a country and do pretty much whatever you want for one year. So, you know, Visa Run wasn't even in my, you know, I didn't even know what a Visa Run was or Digital Nomad at that time. Uh, so, I mean, I sold everything, my cars, house, and I packed up everything in a couple suitcases, my camera, laptop, and I ended up in Taiwan in 2013 to study Chinese and, you know, dreams of starting something, making some money with my camera and my skills. And by this time, you know, I, I'd taken workshops on video, I'd studied it, and so I had the skills. I just didn't have any, like, I didn't know what to do, right? I had a website, uh, but I needed to make some money. So eventually, um, I started teaching English in Taipei to kids, kids that are age five to five to 12. And, um, you know, it pays the bills, but, you know, kids throwing stuff at you, you know, after all that I've been through and I, I was wondering, 
what the hell was I doing? What am I doing, right? Um, yeah, a lot of drinking, working Friday nights, waking up Saturday morning, and I hated it. So I started listening to podcasts, and I came across this uh, Israeli podcast, and he was actually interviewing Rob Cubman over here, who was talking about teaching online on a platform called Udemy. So I was taking the subway home, you know, listening to this. I was, I was looking for a way out. I, w- I, needed, I needed my freedom. And, you know, every hour that I had at that time, I had very limited time because it was, you know, you're teaching part-time in, in, um, in these cram schools, but you're spending all your time grading homework, preparing for the class. So you don't have a lot of time. So I started filming these courses because I thought, you know, I already have a camera and how to do video. And Udemy during those days, this is 2014, I searched GoPro, nothing. So I had a GoPro, I had a drone, I had an SLR camera. So I got to work. I started filming these courses and um, yeah, started launching them. And I, I was creating a lot of YouTube videos. And um, yeah, I think I'm all over the place right now but um, yeah I'll get I'll get into those things soon but basically um, it was around 2014 I met a Canadian programmer and he, he introduced me to digital nomad culture so I started searching digital nomad and I came up with this site called nomads list right I'm sure all of you have seen it and back then Chiang Mai was number one I saw these lanterns and cost of living and I started listening to Johnny FD. He's the founder of the Nomad Coffee Club. I started listening to his podcast. And one day I heard he's coming to Taiwan. So I reached out to him and uh, we ended up doing uh, an interview, which you can find online still at the co-work space in Taipei. It's called the, the Maker Bar. So yeah, I mean, I, Johnny sold me on Chiang Mai, like, you know, um, a lot of us here, I mean, it's uh, so I came to Thailand for a visit and, you know, to cut a long story short, I relocated here 2015. That's when the Nomad Coffee Club was at uh, Soy 5 Healthy Bee. Uh, yeah, it was like going to college again, like, you know, there's a lot of people coming in during that time, just looking to start something and a lot of energy and we were staying at the PT residence, this apartment, and my friends were down the hall, Dylan. And we're just sharing ideas, SEO, I was learning a lot, right? You know, and um, one thing I'll share with you is like, don't do this alone. I mean, Chiang Mai is a great place to, uh, to meet like-minded people. And I've traveled and lived in a lot of places as a digital nomad from Vietnam to Malaysia, Vancouver and, and South Africa. They're, this is the best place with the, the community. So um, yeah, make the most of it. Um, yeah, some of my highlights of I've been commissioned to do drone footage around Asia for DJI projects. They're the they're the Chinese company that makes the drones and the leading company. Uh, done corporate videos for Schneider Electric, Pioneer, uh, 15 online courses. Uh, got a podcast, multiple YouTube channels, and actually my first course coming to Chiang Mai, I was commissioned to do an online course on. Um, uh, the Phantom 3 drone uh, in Chiang Mai. So I already had like, you know, a project on my first first month here. So I went up to the the mountains in Chiang Mai. There's a nice temple called Wat Pra La. 
If you haven't been there, definitely check it out. There's uh, hiking groups, sometimes they go up there. But back then, no one knew about it, so I filmed my first drone course there. Um, yeah, so, so what do I mean revenue streams? So active and passive. So when I say active, I mean, I mean that's freelancing, trading time for money. Passive is more of the online stuff. And something I want to stress because, you know, I just found that a lot of people try to sell the dream of passive income. And it, you know, it takes time, it's unstable. So I recommend you, you know, you diversify your time between active and passive income. So this year um, I've had a lot of um, freelance projects where I'm doing videos for corporate companies uh, in different countries like South Korea, uh, do them in Bangkok and um, sometimes in Chiang Mai but I mean the bigger cities have more opportunities. Stock footage is the first revenue stream that that worked for me and uh, a company in Singapore found me because I was posting YouTube videos in Asia and in HD which those days there wasn't a lot of competition so I got an email and they said, uh, can you cut up the footage, can you keyword it and ship us a hard drive to Singapore for 500 bucks. So then the light bulb turned on in my head. I'm like, oh, there's other companies like Shutterstock, Pond5. And I was working like a madman while I was teaching English. So by the time I come to Chiang Mai, I already had a good base. I had two revenue streams, the online teaching and the stock footage. These days, I also get commissioned to do footage, exclusive footage for companies. So I might go, you know, take a drone out to South Korea or Taiwan and just film raw footage. Like I don't have to edit it or anything, which is great. And I put it on a hard drive and I ship it to, you know, the person that wants it, right? So that's great. Uh, YouTube, I started in 2011, but and it wasn't until I think last year where they changed the rules. You needed a thousand subscribers and forty thousand watch minutes. That I, you know, I was I was about seven hundred subscribers, so I really hustled to get it past a thousand, and now I'm uh, almost at two thousand. So YouTube has become a revenue stream for me, but more importantly, it's the second largest search engine, so it leads to a lot of other opportunities that aren't directly Google AdSense. And then uh, I sell digital products. Um, do people, anyone video edit here or any Mac owners? Mac owners, yeah? Okay, uh, do you know what Final Cut Pro X is? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's their professional video editor. So I used to use that before I switched to uh, Huawei. Uh, Windows, <laughs> which is great by the way. But um, so I was filming footage out of uh, the Canon SLR and it was a bit mushy. So I, I wanted to sharpen the footage. So, kind of long story short, I figured out how to sharpen it and I created it into a, a package that I sold online through Gumroad. So, I've been selling digital products as well, and uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, so again, uh, I mean, I was talking about active and passive income. So, I mean, freelancing, if you're looking, like I hear some people that, you know, they, they 
you know, they want to get into drop shipping, they want to, uh, you know, do Amazon FBA, like passive income online business. That stuff takes time. Uh, so I recommend, like, don't, don't neglect freelancing because, you know, it's, you get paid faster, right? And you learn a lot doing freelancing, you get fast results. So every project I've done, like this picture here, uh, I did in Hua Hin, Thailand, which is a great place to visit in Thailand. You can only fly there from Kuala Lumpur. Um, I did a massage project there, uh, massage training course, four days, two cameras, like eight hours per day. And you learn something every single project. And every single project, I try to take what I learned and put it into a course or reinvest that money back in a new gear. So I got this uh, new gimbal which allows me to stabilize the footage. So yeah, just reinvesting back into the business. And um, yeah, passive income is great. I mean, if you don't have freelance projects, it's great to like, you know, wake up and you get an email. Oh, Greg, you made uh, 50 bucks. Or just the other day I was at, with Dylan at the, the co-work space and I just got an email from this agency that I had my footage on. Oh, 63 bucks. Like, oh, I forgot all about that agency, 123RF. Okay, so uh, some tips to improve your video and audio. A good lens. Uh, I remember my first SLR came with a kit lens and I was wondering why, why my videos looks, you know, it just doesn't look the same as some of these guys on Vimeo. I figured it out, it was, you know, you gotta need a quality lens. So just some tips for that. You see, I've got a Canon lens there with a red stripe. That's an L series lens. Um, you can do your research on sites like B&H or DP Review, but a good lens is a good investment because it outlives the camera bodies. Like camera bodies, they can change more often, right? So I've had this Canon lens since 2013, and I'm actually using it on my Panasonic mirrorless camera with a lens adapter, um, and I'm very happy with the results. Uh, if you don't have the money to fork out for a new lens or some camera equipment, you can rent. Uh, Chiang Mai has a place you can rent from. Uh, Bangkok has places. And that, that's a good way to test out gear or maybe you want to film a course or some YouTube videos but, and you want to raise the production value and, and at least you know what you want to buy when you do have the budget. A good microphone is really important to improve the audio. I hear, I see so many times in the Facebook groups that people are complaining about the, the, the audio quality or where's a good studio I can record in Chiang Mai. Um, my recommendation is, you know, get, get out of downtown Chiang Mai. I mean, there's nothing you can do about airplanes, but I mean, knowledge of acoustics, like this is not the best place because it has a lot of reflective services. So, uh, things like carpets and you've got the, absorb, um, the foam that can absorb sound. So, um, I mean, Bangkok has more facilities than Chiang Mai, but you can always buy those things from hardware store or just be creative, use blankets and towels and put the microphone as close to your mouth as possible. Um, or you can get a field recorder like this is a good investment. You can record directly into this or a lav mic. Uh, there's a Thai, I think it's a Thai or Chinese company called Boya, B-O-Y-A. And um, their stuff is quite, uh, it's really good value for what it is. 
And I actually heard this from a camera, com camera company in Singapore. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have got one of these. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, depending on the type of video you get, you'll, you'll level up and you'll, you'll upgrade. So I've got some wireless lab mics that I use now for, for interviews. Um, yeah, those, that sets in Malaysia. I didn't expect uh, I'll be talking here. And then there's lighting. Uh, thanks, Peter, for bringing your lights. I've seen so many live streams from the, the coffee club here that you know you can barely see the person, and it's because you know the weather changes, especially when you're filming outdoors. You don't have control of the. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's hard to film in the uncontrolled environment where where you don't have lighting. Lighting is very key. Um, you know, a good tip is to just follow the, the direction of natural lighting sit by the window, it's going to make a huge difference, even for your photos. Um, over here, this photo is a British guy, Philip Bloom. He's one of the guys that I learned from back in the days on Vimeo, and I went to his, his master class in Vancouver uh, when he came. I think it's a good idea to invest, invest in a course or workshop, uh, but there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. I also have online courses. Um, but yeah, it just depends if you want everything in one, one spot and, uh, or you want to fiddle around and look at different videos. But there's information out there. Um, stabilization, so tripod. And these days, the technology is changing fast. GoPro 7 has stabilization built in. That mirrorless camera has stabilization in the lens and in the camera body. Makes a huge difference. And then the next level is having these cranes or gimbals that you can walk around and they have three axis stabilization. They're taking the technology from the drone cameras and now they're bringing them over to uh, the bigger cameras. So I'm not sure if you guys, do you guys know what DJI Osmo is? Like a handheld camera? So it's, it's a, like a camera stick it's with, with the camera that looks like a webcam. So back then in 2016, actually another digital nomad, uh, Michael, sold that to me. I was walking around camp in Maya, filming 4K footage, uh, going around the old city. You, the video from this thing is so stable, and I sold a lot of video clips with this camera because it's, it's unique. So I'll get into stock footage in a second, but I mean, one, one way to stand out is to, is to create video that others are not creating and yeah there's different cameras for different purposes um, GoPro what do you think that camera is good for outdoors sports yeah action taking underwater um, no sunlight outdoors yeah yeah uh, drones are obviously good for aerial perspective, um, but what makes the money for me is an A camera. So, camera that can do interviews, that has two card slots, that has a microphone input, that has a headphone output so it can monitor the sound. I mean, the cameras back then, they had a 12-minute recording limit and only one card slot. So, if you're doing like all-day filming, like you have to like, you have to cut production, you got to change things out so having a camera like this Panasonic GH5 has um, been a good investment for me at the time I was you know I was sore for spending four grand on the camera but it's paid itself off already um, okay so this I mean the 
we had drone cameras in the, the, the title of this presentation. So you guys want to hear some tips about drones? Yeah? Drone on. Drone on? Okay. Okay, I got to enunciate more, right? I got to <laughs> mix up my tone. I got Peter here. He's taught me like talking, you know, when you're talking to audience or a course, you, you want to mix up your tone, the pacing, and yeah, so that's a good reminder. Okay, so drones are good for B-roll mostly, for intros and videos, um, things like property or uh, travel videos, but they're not they're not going to be your A camera. They're not, they're not going to be the ones that companies are actually, most of the time, are not asking for. But they complement the footage from this camera. So if you make videos, it's good to mix up footage from the air to the ground. I'm sure you've seen some YouTube vlogs or videos where they go from the air and then they're zooming in. So yeah, so mix, mix up both of the footage from it. Uh, a drone is high risk, high reward. I mean, lots of regulations, lots of things that can go wrong. But yeah, I mean, when you sell that 4K aerial footage, yeah, it's nice. I mean, back in the day, selling it for 199 US a clip. You can't do that these days anymore. I mean, probably do it for um, about 100. But there's still demand because it's rare, right? You don't, you don't see, you see a lot of people carrying cameras around Chiang Mai, but you don't see drones flying around. How long is a clip? Uh, drone clips? Yeah. Uh, for stock footage, around 15 to 30 seconds. Yeah, but I'll, I'll just keep it recording and then I'll cut it up in post. Um, yeah, so DJI is a leading brand. So if you're gonna buy a drone, and you do have the budget, I recommend the DJI Mavic Air. That's the one I was using before Crash. Because it's small, it's powerful, it can film 4K, and it's got all the latest tech from DJI, like um, uh, it's got the motion sensors on the front and the back. It's got the camera power. It can fit in your backpack. Uh, when I first came to Chiang Mai, I was carrying one of those white UFO type looking drones, and I needed a, needed a separate bag to take on the plane um, but now you don't need to do that um, if you're flying a drone I'd recommend they have a program a flight simulator you can actually practice before you go out um, or what I did last year when I got the Mavic Air I got I got called to do commission footage and I've been out of the game for a little while because I sold the bigger drone back in Canada I went to Phuket to fly the beaches uh, one of the best places to practice, you got open space, don't need to worry about buildings or regulations and uh, yeah, it looks beautiful. Um, if you do get a drone, I recommend investing in the second battery because the flight time is your limitation or memory cards. Flight time is typically around 15 to 20 minutes. And because the sun is really bright in Asia, uh, get an ND filter, which is a lens filter like sunglasses for the camera. Uh, it'll just by getting that lens you'll be able to get more cinem cinematic look and separate yourself from uh, the rest of the people with drones and if you're gonna film the uh, if you can choose the resolution when you're filming film 4k if you're gonna do stock footage right might as well get the highest resolution the camera can film while you're up there Okay, do uh, you guys want to hear about teaching online? Yeah? Okay, so as I said, 
Rob introduced me to that in 2014. So he's actually, he was one of the... Um, Sorry, we're just going to post the blog question. Yeah. Drone pilot's license for Thailand. Drone pilot's license, the last year it was about insurance. They want to know if you need a license. You, you need a license? Is that what they're asking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a gray area, but they say you need the insurance and li li liability. Um, so I was actually in Bangkok. I went with a company called Falcon Insurance. Um, yeah, so I got the insurance and then you have to register it with uh, the government authorities. I can't remember the acronym, but I went ahead and did that. They're pretty serious about it. I'll take this down the serial number. They want photos of your drone and you actually have to go down to the office to get a certificate. So I actually got that and I came back to Chiang Mai and I filmed over uh, what's the temple in the middle of the old city? Jet Yon or Jet Chani? Jetty Long? Okay, so I showed them that certificate uh, to fly last year and you know they don't care. Right? <laughs> I went I went through all that trouble to get the insurance and the certificate and yeah, then they Yeah, they didn't care. You weren't allowed to film. No. But I mean there's there's gray areas. I mean if you take off from Neiman and you're flying you know, high and over, you, maybe you can still see it. You're not directly over. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just part of flying drones. It's, it's what happened in India? India had a, you had a problem there? Yeah, I went to Chennai, India, and I had the big drone um, that needed a separate bag. And um, I had no problem getting in. When I, when I came out, they actually, yeah, t told, told me to take the drone out. They wanted to check my memory card and they didn't have a memory card reader so I actually had to lend it to them take it to their computer and double check and then let me go but you know that was yeah that was the only time that happened so they're pretty uh, yeah, pretty strict about drone usage um, yeah so online courses if um, you're a videographer are there any videographers here or people doing video yeah so you have an advantage if you can teach online. Why? Because you've got the camera gear. Uh, the only hurdle to overcome is what topic you're going to teach and getting comfortable in front of the camera. And you mentioned the uh, Toastmasters, which is a great way to practice getting comfortable. I, I did it in Vancouver um, and, it, and it really helped. Uh, you, things, platforms like Udemy, if you're creating courses, are really good for SEO. Um, so I've, I've got a lot of opportunities just by having my course up there, good reviews, companies find it, and yeah, it can lead to other things. So yeah, keep that in mind. So the two main platforms that I use, Udemy and Skillshare. So Skillshare is uh, another American-based company and they like to, it's good for creatives if you're doing photography or video stuff. So. Um, yeah, Skillshare has been pretty good this year. So the good thing about teach, uh, creating online courses is that it's non-exclusive. So you can sell it on your own website using something like Teachable or Thinkific. And you can do it on Udemy and Skillshare so you can triple dip. Right? Um, so I like that. 
um, and ways you can differentiate or make, make a different package from what Udemy is offering because sites like Udemy like to deep discount your course. Like I might price it at 100 and then I might see, oh, they bought it for five bucks. What's going on here, right? So you can create bundles, a tip I actually learned from Rob. You can put all your courses together because that's something that the other platforms don't allow you to do. Um, you can teach any range of topics from graphic design, stock footage. Uh, I have a friend that uh, has a Dutch course, so a lot of things that you can teach there. Peter has a MC course. Um, yeah, lots of things. And some tips for the, the courses are all about the reviews, just like most things these days. You need those five-star reviews as soon as you launch so that the platform will will take care of you, they'll give you a badge that makes you stand out from other courses, things like uh, what is it, best rated or hot and new. So um, yeah, ask your friends, do whatever you need to do to get those reviews. Okay, stock footage. So um, I'm gonna, so does, does everyone kind of have an idea what stock footage is or should I cover the, the basics? So it's basically licensing your footage on agencies and um, you know, businesses that buy it are graphic companies, it could be directors looking for uh, B-roll or an intro for their movie or a commercial. And um, yeah, it's just a great business model. It's non-exclusive as well. And um, yeah, you can sell one clip numerous times. Um, I've sold clips in Chiang Mai, actually on Neiman Road at nighttime. You know, 60 bucks US and you get half of that. But every agency differs, but you know, the main agencies like Pawn5, Shutterstock, Pawn5 takes 50%. But something that's new for 2018, 2019 is that they have syndicates now because stock footage does take a lot of time. I mean, you have to film the footage, you have to cut it up, you have to keyword it, you have to upload it. So, you know, sometimes by the time you've done all that, it's, it's pretty exhausting, but it does pay off in the long run. Um, they have a site called Blackbox, and Blackbox is uh, a syndicate where you can upload the footage and then you can get other people to help you do things like cut up the footage or keyword, or if you're hiring a model to do footage, you can you can split a percentage of the revenue automatically using the platform. So that was a big development in the stock footage, stock footage world last year, actually created by a Canadian. And um, yeah, I'm still uh, spending time in it, but I have 400 clips up there. And uh, I just have a batch of Chiang Mai footage that I've shot around town. I'm gonna get someone to help me with the keywording. Um, Model releases, they're required if you're going to do a close-up, but if you're doing distant group shots, you don't need them. Um, again, shoot in 4K and find your niche. So some niches that I've found successful for me, nightlife footage, uh, things like, you know, uh, pouring drinks at the bar in slow motion, or aerial footage, or even uh, food. I've you know, I've, I've sold a clip pouring gravy on a pie in Bangkok, you know, for 60 bucks US. So, yeah, you just never know. I mean, everyone has 
might have access to uh, things that people don't. You might be in a different part of the world or maybe you work for a hospital, which is, uh, by the way, a medical field I know is very in high demand. Um, yeah, so you can do things like check the bestsellers. I have sales letter on my newsletter. The stock agencies also give clues on what's selling the best. Does anyone have a YouTube channel? Yeah, okay. Oh, you have YouTube? Simon? Okay. Uh, how often do you post? Not often. Okay. I got some tips for posting or for YouTube. I've been doing this for so long and I'm, I'm still learning. But um, yeah, post consistently. I do once a week. And the type, they have really good analytics. I recommend getting the Creator Studio app. You can uh, download on your phone or go to the YouTube channel. You probably can't see that there, but uh, yeah, it's giving me a breakdown on my best videos of all time. So yeah, fundamentals for DJI Osmo. Um, yeah, drone tutorials. And then I recently discovered, um, you know, pros and cons of Kuala Lumpur is doing very well. So if you find a video or something that's doing well, try to, try to scale that, try to replicate that. So I created another video, pros and cons of Bangkok. And that's, I'm drawing traffic from the, the Kuala Lumpur video to the Bangkok one. And I filmed one for Chiang Mai. Um, if you have one for a camera and they come up with a new model, you can do the same thing. Um, yeah, YouTube, second largest search engine and some tips I can offer is to use YouTube as organic traffic. You can put links in the description and you can use the end screen. So the end screen, I think changed recently where you can, you can link to other videos or you can actually link to your website or um, as you'll see, I use a platform called Gumroad to sell my digital products. You can actually link directly to Gumroad. Um, yeah, so that, that works out pretty well for me. So uh, I talked about Gumroad and so I, I'm just going to show you how I sell my Final Cut Pro X sharpening plugin using YouTube on my website. So I created this it's basically a zip file that people can download and they can install it on their Final Cut Pro X to give them more sharpening um, options that they don't have out of the box. Um, so if they search for how to sharpen footage on Final Cut Pro X, I think I'm on the first page. And so they're either going to find my website uh, on the right or they're gonna find my YouTube videos. So I'm on both video and, and search. So you see here I've got a link to the website which comes over here and there's a, there's a button they can click and buy this package for $5.99 US and they automatically get delivered the zip file through email and um, no, not only that I get their contact information and they get they get an, entered into a newsletter 
So, yeah, I, I created this thing in 2014. I, I didn't know that, you know, it would continue to do well for me. So I've, yeah, I've sold about, I think, $4,000 US just on this, this product here. Um, so by using YouTube, um, website, and Gumroad, I've used this system to sell a digital product. And you can use this to sell things like an ebook. Um, and Gumroad is free. I mean, they take a percentage. Uh, YouTube is free, so you can use this system for free to sell any type, yeah, ebook or um, I also like to build up my email list, which I'll talk more about. I offer free video footage using Gumroad, so people can download some footage and then they start to get emails from me, and uh, yeah, like build follows into website. So hands up, who has a website right now? Okay, half the room. Okay, I met a lot of videographers and photographers that don't have a website. And can anyone tell me why that's important? Website visual without photos. Yeah. Yeah. You might call it favor social media platforms. Or they might change their algorithm. Online identity. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I see a lot of um, businesses in Asia, they have a Facebook page. And this is maybe this is my, just my theory, but Facebook and Google don't play nice together. So if you're searching on Google for something like, you know, drone videographer in Taiwan, and you have a Facebook page, versus if you have, you know, drone videographer Taiwan on your website, you're going to get listed on the first page of Google if, I mean, if you do all your the proper SEO things. So I think it's important for search. It's also um, important to host your portfolio. A lot of videographers, like, you know, if I'm asking for help and, and they need to build a team, I, and I'm asking them to see their other videos and they don't have them. Like it's sitting on their computer. You know, it just, so, it just baffles me how many artists don't have a website and a portfolio so it's important to build trust especially these corporate companies that are willing to shell out some good money they want to be able to know that you can do the job and my friend Dylan there is actually like he's an SEO specialist he told me you know things like you know having your brand there you know having social proof testimonials from other companies and having your video up there and having you know nice visuals and aesthetics, big buttons, those things are all important for uh, building trust and um, getting love from Google, right? You want to get listed on that first page. So a lot of my freelance clients find me through Google search and that wouldn't be possible without my website. Some other things I want to add are to have a good host. I used to be on GoDaddy. Does anyone know GoDaddy? Yeah, I see like, oh yeah, GoDaddy. Uh, so I used to have really um, slow load times. And then Dylan actually helped me relocate my entire website over to a company called SiteGround. So that improved the speed of my website. Uh, when did we do that, Dylan? Like last year or two years ago? Year and a half. WordPress? Uh, yeah, I used WordPress for my, yeah, for my platform. 
Um, but yeah, I, I noticed uh, my freelance opportunities started to increase the past couple of years. So I, it may be uh, related to the site speed. And uh, Dylan's also told me that Google gives more love for sites that have faster speed time. And we, we had a pioneer uh, talk, to, talk today with uh, Matt Diggity, who's quite well respected in the SEO community. He was saying the same thing, site speeds very important these days like aside from the regular stuff like having the uh, Yoast SEO plugin that's going to take care of your basics making sure you have the right titles you're tagging your images on your site having the text uh, and all that stuff um, having a contact form is really important as well so the businesses can send you an email a lot of my first contact with customers is, is an email and if I didn't have that contact form, then I wouldn't be able to get in touch. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to test out my SEO, you can just do a quick search for Japan stock footage. Um, yeah, is there, does anyone have internet access now? Do you want to give that a quick try? Okay, I'm curious to see. Japan stock footage from Chic Voyage Productions. It's not on the first page. No? <laughs> okay. Maybe because I'm uh, not going incognito. <laughs> Maybe. No? Okay. Oh, second page. Second page? Ah, uh, yeah, it's your machine. <laughs> okay, so maybe yesterday I was on number one. Um, but a, a good tip from my coder and SEO friends is to load your browser in incognito mode and then search. Otherwise, it, it uses your, uh, what is it? Your, your history, cache results. It's not accurate. Um, yeah. Um, email marketing. Does anyone use MailChimp or ConvertKit? ConvertKit? MailChimp. Okay. ConvertKit? Um, you like it? Yeah. We don't know about it. <laughs> we tried mail Okay. So, uh, I mean, for videographers or any type of business these days, I think you need to be in email marketing, build an email list. Um, I use ConvertKit. I used MailChimp before, but once you get past a thousand emails, like I use things like Gumroad to offer free footage. I offer free courses, so I want I want to be auto, uh, automatically get their emails and then put them into what we call uh, an email funnel or email sequence, so they get emails, you know, every couple of days and so on. So it's all automatic. So ConvertKit does the automation better for me. It plays well with the other American platforms. Mailchimp was a little bit more complicated. Um, yeah, so I think this is important because I see a lot of my friends are either doing Amazon or Udemy and their entire business is just dependent on one platform. Um, yeah, you, you never know what might happen. Um, I mean, I was doing Udemy for a long time and then it's pretty saturated now. So I think it's important to build your own list and, and start bringing people to your own sites, your own websites. Uh, here's an example of one of my email sequences for the free footage. So I got 886 subscribers. And so every day they're getting free footage. 
one day from Osaka, the next day South Africa, and then maybe they just want that footage from the Maldives, but they have to wait five days. So I give them an option in the email body. If you don't want to wait, you want to get that footage right away, you can just buy the stock footage set. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my open rates, um, you know, between 20, 40, 17%. Um, I was just talking with Simon about his open and click rates, so I think we agree that 20% is decent, uh, click rate 3%. So yeah, I got a pretty good click rate here because that's what they need to do to get the footage. So I, I store my footage on, on the, the cloud, Google Drive and Dropbox, so yeah, these guys on the email list receive the footage on the cloud through the email sequence. So. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how, is anyone here like early in their digital nomad journey or has everyone been doing this for a while? Early? I wanna, wanna hear a few tips? Okay. Uh, slow travel. When I first got to Chiang Mai, I, I started traveling like crazy. Peter said I, I travel a lot, but actually I've spent most of the year in, in Kuala Lumpur. It's only when I get um, you know, company wants me to fly out somewhere that I'm traveling. But last year was pretty bad. I said, I'm not going to travel and I ended up traveling the most that I've ever had. Um, it's not good for productivity. It takes you like, takes me a week just to settle in and, and I hate packing and moving. So yeah, my, my top tip is just settle in a place, stay there at least three months. If visas are an issue, stay there longer if you can. And yeah, just reduce reduce the packing and, and moving. If you have a lot of stuff, there's good storage in Chiang Mai. Uh, it's very cheap. Uh, Kuala Lumpur also has that option. Um, if you don't want to throw away stuff and, and not deal with your, <laughs> your clothes and all, all that stuff. Um, leave it to Chiang Mai. It's, it's a great place to start. Uh, good, good community. You can do things like build up your video portfolio here where you can trade services. I've had people help me with my email marketing in exchange for video, you know, that type of thing. There's not a lot of places you can do that. So make the most of that. Um, balance life. I see a lot of digital nomads overworking. Uh, always just focusing on, you know, uh, grinding it out. Sometimes I go see a movie at May at 9 o'clock and, you, you know, you see people on their laptop working there. That's not a healthy life for the long term. Maybe if you're starting out, you need to, you know, you need to grind it out. But I, I think it's good to have a balance between uh, exercise, family, maybe spirituality, and um, yeah. And uh, diversity between passive income and freelancing. Again, if there's a one message that I can bring out today is, is don't lean on the passive income. It's great, but unpredictable. And yeah, always keep learning. Uh, I'm still learning a lot. I'm learning how to use this, this new gimbal in Chiang Mai. And um, yeah, thanks a lot. There's a link over here if you want links on what gear I use, the tools that I use, which stock agencies. I'll share this out to the Nomad Coffee Club Facebook page. Yeah, and there's my contact information. Thanks.
Thank you, Greg. Very interesting. Um, we usually ask if anyone would like to ask any questions. Um, um, two questions. The first one is simple. The Mavic uh, drone. Like the Mavic drone. Didn't want it. Which, drone make? Which, drone model, make? which model do you recommend? Mavic. The Mavic drone. Okay. Um, okay, so right now DJI has three Mavic drones. Mavic Air, Mavic 2, and Mavic Zoom. Um, number one depends on your budget. Mavic 2 Pro is the most expensive, uh, but it's got the best camera. Uh, Mavic Zoom's a bit cheaper. Um, yeah, the camera's not the same. They use a Hasselblad Hustle cam camera, I can't pronounce it, on the Mavic 2 Pro. Uh, but you get what you pay for. The Zoom allows you to digitally zoom in. Um, which is a problem with flying drones because it's a fixed focal length on the on the lens so you're always getting this wide look so that's what the Mavic 2 zoom is supposed to correct Mavic Air is the one I've, I've used it's I think goes for about 900 US now yeah it's a it's a good compromise between uh, value for money power and portability yeah how do you deal with KL visas KL visas um, I think most countries, it's, it's known to be very liberal, you get three months. And uh, I have a friend who's there, uh, he's an American, he said you can, you can extend an additional two months while you're there. And there is a path to long term, if, if uh, you do decide to do a startup, they do have an entrepreneurial visa. If you, if you register your business and you're hiring locals, you can actually get a visa for five to 10 years. So there's a path, long-term path there. Uh, Greg, uh, I just wanted to ask if you were um, someone who was just starting out uh, in your type of business, yeah. what sort of amount of uh, capital would you need to stick it to all the equipment that you've got? Um, obviously, yeah. you, you, you might start on some cheaper items at first. Yeah. Um, and also, um, how important or how hard it is it starting to get your first customers? Okay, um, gear to do an online course or client videos or social media? Sorry? Capital to start? No, capital for the equipment. Oh, okay, for my equipment. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, camera three grand, tripod probably about 300. Recorder 300, uh, light 100. Yeah, you don't need the gimbal to start up, but that's 500. Laptop. <laughs> Laptop, two grand. Phone, 200. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. The the mobile device you use is important because it, it controls a lot of these devices these days. Uh, like the drone, uh, like this gimbal, you need you need a, a good processor and good memory. Um, yeah, because you, you may be controlling uh, the device of this thing, and, and and sometimes you want to cache the video footage, so a lot of storage, 64 gigabytes or more. Um, yeah, yeah. This this one's an I, iPad Mini 2. I got it in 2015. It's still good. Um, and now I use a Xiaomi 
Redmi 5, 200 US, but it's yeah, it's powerful enough to control the drone and and uh, yeah, for 2019 needs. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know, maybe three, three, four grand, but I mean, if you're just starting out, you can just get uh, like a Canon SLR, 70 or 80D uh, basic lens, probably for under a thousand. Start doing some YouTube videos and then rent if you get a client video and then, yeah, just keep scaling up. Um, say you wanted to just grab a phone and use a phone. Is there any phone that's um, you'd recommend at the moment? For doing, uh, for doing some of this, but you yeah. don't have the capital to spend three grand, four grand on a phone, on a camera. Yeah, I heard the Huawei cameras are incredible and it's probably dropped in price now because, you know, the U.S. has now closed the Google Play Store. Um, but they use Leica cameras, and yeah. So if you're just looking for a cheap camera, a powerful phone, uh, Huawei uh, was it Pro Thirty, yeah, Thirty or Twenty, I think are good. Um, I'm using Xiaomi Redmi Five, and I'm. You know, my friends comment, oh, Greg, your photos are pretty good. Um, and that's 200 US. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Huawei is a good buy right now. iPhone 7 or higher, it's good. Probably a bit expensive. Uh, one thing that uh, Greg hasn't really mentioned, uh, because it seems from the presentation today that he's a, a solo kind of guy, he's doing all this. It's actually, um, he's part of a mastermind and, and, and Rob and Greg and I and, and have got most of our work done or most, you know, a lot of uh, help. And this is like an incubator. Chiang Mai is like an incubator. Get into a mastermind if you can. My progress has accelerated, you know, exponentially because of Greg. And when you're in a group, when you meet once a week, but we do meet and it's fantastic. It's really been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, but that doesn't happen in Sydney. If I try to get a mastermind in Sydney, it just wouldn't happen. It's too far away. This is the place to do it. Um, and you'll find people here. If you come every Friday um, and put your hand up and say, I'm interested to be in a mastermind, that's how it happened for me. And uh, yeah, it really accelerates your, um, your, your career. And you can ask questions like this. And Greg, is, he's right onto it. So he'll, he'll tell you exactly what you need to know. And then you can start a little Facebook group. We've got a Facebook group of just, uh, at the moment, I'm in a uh, online uh, teaching Facebook group. Um, what's it, Online Masters, is that what it's called? Something online, online site? But, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. And we meet over here at Wacko Bake, just behind here, um, for a couple of hours um, on a Tuesday. And, it's, and Greg was in the original one. Um, so highly recommend that. So um, that was in your tips of the last, I thought you might be putting it in the, in the, in the end. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to add that in. Any more questions? Anyone? Great. Um, the uh, Gumroad. Yes. Can you get people who pull your product on Gumroad onto your email address? Email list. Yes. You can. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Gumroad and Kirk could talk well together. Uh, well, first, thank you for the for the talk. You're welcome. It's really helpful and. Me and my wife Katie here were really excited to be here. We came all the way from uh, Chile a couple 
that we were living there for a couple of months and uh, we came here to Chiang Mai only to like meet other digital nomads and uh, learn from their experiences. So thank you. We've been really feeling the love from everyone. So it's super cool to be here and meet other digital nomads. And the question would be, um, we were looking because we have the iPhone 10 and we started doing video. Yeah. And uh, we saw those lenses that you put on the iPhone. Have you used them? Do you recommend them? Are they? And the second question would be, uh, do you have any experience uh, prospecting? I think, and this is a question for everyone. I think we're finding that we're having a lot of trouble prospecting to people. We don't know how to start and mm -hmm. how to do it, how to approach it. So, I mean, that'd be really cool if after the talk and anyone has experience. And of course, your experience is mm -hmm. very valuable to to us. Uh, prospecting meaning uh, reaching out to people, or do you, yeah. or do you get your uh, yourself from organic search only. Oh, for freelance clients, you mean? Freelance or, or digital products. Okay. Uh, so to answer your question about yeah, the lens, you. you're welcome. Uh, for the phone, um, I haven't tried it for a while, but I, I, you know, if you go to Singapore, they've got like crazy devices you can attach to your phone and you know, give you like a, a wide lens look or they even zoom. So um, I would, Take a look on YouTube, look at the reviews, just like any new product these days, someone has already got their hands on it unless it's like really obscure and then uh, take a look at what they say and, and they usually share footage samples. Um, but yeah, I mean, for iPhone 10, I think, I think the cameras are really good and if you have uh, a tripod or you even have gimbals for your phones now, like Osmo uh, Mobile 2, I think, yeah, that can increase the production value of your video. Uh, for uh, prospecting, for getting clients, most of mine is organic. Uh, but when I was first starting out, uh, I got help from friends through Facebook groups. There's a lot of people that are coming through Chiang Mai that may have video needs. There's also a group called the Chiang Mai Video and Audio Society, which you can join. And um, you know, when you're first starting out, um, you can offer lower rates, you know, to get that experience and build up the portfolio. And then once you have that portfolio and you've got it on your website, um, posting videos regularly on YouTube, people will find you. Um, but yeah, like one of my first videos in Taipei, I actually went to their website. I I sent them a message like, hey, I love I love your business. I love your jazz lounge. Can I do a video for you? And I got a phone call that same day and I ended up doing their uh, grand opening video um, just like that but I actually had videos to show them before and that really helps rather than just sending them a, a message with nothing to show right um, yeah so a mixture you can go networking and, and brand yourself when people want to hear your name they want a strong identity like if people hear Greg Kong they're probably gonna think drones or videos something along those lines does that help? Uh, I have a question. Yeah. So, uh, do you use YouTube videos to, um, and can you monetize them, or do you use that as a revenue stream to get like AdSense or um, yeah, getting clicks? Not clicks. I mean, uh, earning uh, revenue through YouTube videos. Yeah, uh, my I have several YouTube channels, but 
YouTube changed the rules. You need a thousand subscribers. So I do monetize on the, the Sheep Voyage YouTube. There's a checkbox that you can click called monetization. And yeah, they'll earn you money. Not a lot. I'll probably get more indirect revenue by, um, on one of the slides there, I had an example, by linking out in the you know in the description to a website or one of my products, um, yeah, I get more more money through what you, the traffic that YouTube provides. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Greg, for a very interesting uh, presentation yeah, and delivery. Um, I'm sure some people have taken some value out of it. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who's made.